The Tumbling Saber podcast is powered by our powerful friends. Become a powerful friend for just a couple dollars per month and get exclusive podcasts, early access podcasts, random prize draws, contests, newsletters, and more. Visit patreon.com slash tumblingsaber and become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. Welcome back to episode 118 of the Tumbling Saber podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm Corey. And I'm Carlos. Welcome back, everybody. Excited to be back in the chair this week. Not because there's exciting Star Wars news. There really isn't. I miss just gathering around and chatting about uh, whatever comes across the Star Wars radar. But uh, let's quickly catch up. How you guys doing? Not too bad. Saw you suckers yesterday. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, well, fun. <laughs> thanks you guys for coming over. So, uh, just really quickly, my wife had planned a four-in-one birthday party. So my son, my nephew, Corey's son, uh, my mother-in-law, and myself all celebrating birthdays in and around this date. And this is what's going on. Got it. So, yeah, I had to sit around in a parking lot and just wait for that magical moment. And then when I, I came around the corner, I just saw this. the street was lined with cars, many of which I recognized instantly. So... The jig was up. The jig was up. Did you recognize mine? Or was that more of a surprise? I didn't see yours. You're still ha- you're still with the Mitsubishi? Yeah, I got the, the Mitsubishi. I didn't notice that one. I, I noticed my friend Matt's Jeep. Uh, I noticed my in-laws, of course, my parents. I saw Corey's car. All of them. I, I was expecting those people anyway. But once I saw my friend's uh, Jeep, I was like, okay. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I parked, I think, three or four houses down and walked. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, yeah, the cars stretched uh, stretched way down the street. We had like 40 people here, which I didn't think I could fit that many people in our house. But uh, there you go. Well, now you know. <laughs> of course, <laughs> many of those kids, many of those partygoers were of the smaller variety. So if everybody were an adult, I think uh, maybe the house would have buckled a bit more. But anyway, glad glad you guys could have come by. It was It was a lot of fun. Clean up, clean was up wasn't pleasure, too man. arduous. For me, it was a, it was a pleasure, and uh, I know that uh, you're not a big uh, birthday guy, and uh, but whatever, man, it was cool. I was happy to be there. Yeah, it was it was definitely fun. I'm, I'm I don't get to see my friends very often, or anybody <laughs> outside of my own family very often. So uh, definitely definitely nice to catch up with with everybody. Corey, everything good with you? Yeah, man. Yeah, like you said, it was a good weekend. Uh, yeah, just doing, went out today, we're house hunting, so that's kind of cool. Oh um, boy. Oh yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Maybe, maybe this time I'll figure out where you live. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we figure it out too. <laughs> well, you figure it out first and then uh, maybe for a change you let me know which wh- where you live. Will do. So guys, solo, 65 days away, but more pressingly, we've got uh, The Last Jedi has just dropped digitally, and for those of us like me who preferred the uh, the hard copy, the physical copy, that that's out in just about a week's time. Um, so I'm definitely stoked about that. But Carlos, you you did pick up the digital, right? Yeah, I always uh, I always go digital, so I got it on uh, Friday, 
and watched it and took in some of the um, special features. So, uh, yeah, it's very. And Carlos. Uh... <laughs> That's it. I was, I was just going to say, like, we we're, it was good. Like, uh, at the party that there was, like, Eric was there. There was, everyone loves Star Wars. Come on. There's a lot of Star Wars talk going on. And Carlos was saying how he had gotten the digital copy and seen some of the special features. And I was like, okay. Lucky Carlos. I could wait a week. Why lucky? Anybody could just buy it. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I know what you mean. Like, I want to say, maybe not lucky, but, uh, you know, uh, I know you're a digital guy too. So it's like, it's got its, uh, it's, it's got its bonuses. I like to have the hard copy as well, but uh, I don't know. I guess I don't have to wait technically, but I'm choosing to wait. But I was kind of You're still choosing swearing. to wait and chastise me for not wanting to wait. Yes, <laughs> yes, beautiful. You know what's funny? You got it, Mr. Thinking back to Sith Disturbers last week and beyond that, oh, just Rebels as a whole, where Corey was livid that we were behind, that we were a week behind the U.S. in terms of release dates. So now we'd have to like avoid spoilers. But the minute that Corey watched the show. It was like, oh, now I'm going to just talk about it publicly. Yeah. So going, no, <laughs> no, I didn't do that once. I mean, no, I mean, like on the podcast, like you were just like, so all this stuff about blankety blank and blank, blank, blank. And we're like, no, we, we can't run any of that on the podcast because many listeners have yet to see it. <laughs> you had so, a couple of choice expletives. Yeah, well, <laughs> lots, there are lots of questions, which is my which is my point. And it's not I'm not singling you out, although. I just did, but it's it's the same with a lot of people. Like once that once you see it, you're like, oh, okay, now I can just go and freely talk about it. But no, well, no been, there's, there's it, still plenty of folks who have not seen it, so still got to kind of tread on eggshells. Like it was at least a yeah, it was a little over a week, a week and a day past the Canadian premiere. So right, you know, but our friends in the UK don't get the finale until I think April fourth. Jesus. So we. Got- <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, you had no clue, right? Like, well, I, th- I, th- I thought they were actually, yeah. I thought this time we were on the same schedule as them. No, 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 no. We were behind, but they're way behind. And I think Australia, Jesus, they, they might even be further behind. Well, let me just c- clue you guys in on something. I don't know. Like, um, I've actually I've maybe done this once or twice, and it was because of you, Kyle. So I'm blaming you right now if anything happens. Oh boy, <laughs> not that I care. Anyhow, like uh, the the torrents or whatever. I never, ever, ever do that stuff, you know, like, and I just, I don't know, I couldn't, can't be bothered, but then, you know, I got the link and I watched it as, I guess, maybe the next day or an hour after it came out for some of the, the season, the, the last part of the season, anyhow. So, I mean, there was that, which was kind of cool and no commercials as well, which worked. But watching it on a laptop and I don't know, it's just not the same. And like Twitter was a, a light every time. Like I'd go on Twitter and be like, ah. Like, I can't. No, turn off. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, everybody's in charge of their own, uh, I guess, exposure to to spoilers. So you got to, I mean, you if you don't want to get spoiled, you should really just take that measure of staying away from social media. But uh, it's hard. It's hard. Our, our, we, we spend a lot of time there on Twitter all the time. So we had a vested, vested interest to get that viewing out of the way as soon as possible. Anyway, but Carlos, how how you've taken in a few of the extra features on the Last Jedi? How are those? Uh, pretty good. I um, I saw the whole um, uh, deleted scenes uh, sequentially, and uh, with the commentary from Ryan Johnson, which was uh, pretty cool. Uh, nothing. I mean, I wouldn't say uh, anything uh, shattering. Uh, like uh, it was uh, just 
pretty much uh, ordinary run-of-the-mill stuff, stuff that we've already been, you know, exposed to. And um, one of the featurettes, The Balance of the Force, which I really enjoyed. It's about 10 minutes. I think it's 10.35, 10 minutes, 35 seconds. And um, you really get a behind-the-scenes um, or a look into Ryan's thought process as to why he started things the way he did and why he made the decisions that he made. Uh, so I like that, especially, you know, considering people still, uh, you know, want to make up things about like, oh, they don't know what they're talking about. And uh, this is a mistake. And he tried to shut out JJ and and all that, you know, all that other crap like that. Malarkey. That's just, yeah, the that's, word you're looking for is malarkey. Correct, sir. And um, yeah, so it, it was nice to hear it from the horse's mouth. And um, yeah, and I'm still going to. There's the uh, the director and the Jedi, which is about uh, I think it's an hour and a half. That's another featurette. Wow. That's uh, yeah, it's it's a full length doc doc about uh, making oh, the yeah. last Jedi. Yeah, that was the one that had a twelve minute preview that was out last week. I believe, yeah, I believe so. And uh, so I can't wait to I can't wait to hit that. And uh, once I get a little bit more time, I'll be able uh, I'll be able to do it probably after I watch uh, the Walking Dead when it comes out on YouTube, <laughs> uh, not on YouTube but on <laughs> iTunes. Once it drops on iTunes, uh, I'll probably hit that uh, right after. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hitting all those things and, and talking about them in some depth here. I know, I'm not sure where or when we'll fit that in, but uh, I'm sure we will because this this movie is just so so packed full of full of stuff that uh, it needs to be unpacked in podcast format. But yeah, just to, like to touch on what you said, Carlos. Like, I Ryan Johnson's a thoughtful guy, and he's a huge Star Wars fan, and always has been. So I do, I do still bristle at the the people out there, the trolls out there who are like, ah, he ruined Star Wars and he has no idea what he's talking about and he's, he was the worst thing to happen. You can still disagree with the movie and if it's, like, for me, it's perfectly fine if the movie doesn't sit well with you. But the the garbage talking points of he doesn't understand Star Wars and he's missed the point entirely, nope, I, I, I'm not having any of that. Yeah, That's, I have less and less patience for that. It's, um... I'll j- I just I don't even like um, what's the word I'm looking for engage. I just sure okay you could say what you want. Well, like this, the, the saying now that that is spreading through Star Wars fandom is nobody hates a Star Wars film like Star Wars fans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we hate we hate it to death, and because we love it so much. Yeah, it's 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 yeah. truly bizarre. It's been a really bizarre few months in Star Wars Star Wars fandom. But uh, hey. I remember George Lucas, right before the movie came out, came out and said it's a beautifully made film, and I suppose that could mean a bunch of different things. But I, I'm gonna, I choose to take it as though he enjoyed it, or at least thought highly of it enough to to give it a compliment. Yeah, I feel like, uh, like the original synopsis that he had had for these movies, like I, I get that he, episode eight, he kind of had a more positive vibe than he did episode seven, but I feel like episode eight, from what I've heard, uh, took some of the same themes and notes that he was kind of going with in his trilogy. Well, yeah, there's a whole lot of talk about you know, a, a lack of cohesion and a singular vision throughout the, throughout the whole trilogy. And that, that there is elements of that. I, you know, I think if I can see it, then certainly other people can feel that, but they are working with George Lucas's treatments to, to some degree. And I think probably a, a greater degree than we might realize. So they're not oh, flying sure. completely blind here. They're not making stuff up on the fly. 
George George Lucas's fingerprints are in this trilogy, no doubt about it. But anyway, we'll we'll circle back to all this stuff later down the line. Uh, I want to before we really get into things, I want to give a huge thanks. Uh, not that my weekend ha- was was needed any improvement, but uh, Neil Lowry and Stu Baca, who put their Patreon contributions on super steroids this weekend, guys. Thank you so much. It was what a great way to kick off my Saturday. And like I said, things only got better from there. But guys, it was really appreciated to see that. What what a shot in the arm that is uh, to see, yeah, see like a, your work appreciated like that. So thank you guys so, so much. I, I can say that's definitely well from all our hearts. It's definitely really true. And uh, <laughs> just from Kyle, from my perspective, you know, when Matt Kyle's place and, you know, big surprise party, blah, blah, blah. We end up outside probably like, I don't know, five, 10 minutes after just, you know, setting stuff up or putting stuff outside and trying to organize things a bit for everybody. It's I was putting like, hey. my beer outside. Let's, let's be honest yeah. here. <laughs> it's cold enough. Nature's it's fridge. Yep. It's, we're back to winter temperatures out here, which really sucks. But anyhow, first thing he tells me, he's like, Hey, did you, did you see, or did I tell you that, uh, Stubak and Neil, like, like really umped up their, their Patreon, uh, support. And I was like, Oh yeah, I saw you post something on Facebook, but I was like, that's awesome, man. Just to see you so excited and it was nice. Yeah, it was it was it was really touching that uh, they went to that extent. And and Bradley did it recently as well. So anyway, hats off all you guys for for going above and beyond for us here at at Tumbling Saber. Much much appreciated. Uh, and selfishly, uh, I'd like to think that it's because we're giving great content uh for the Patreon uh community. Uh, I like to think that because <laughs> it makes me feel better. And uh <laughs> So yeah, we uh, we all spoke on Saturday and just how I, I you know I made it kind of clear that how much I truly enjoyed recording uh, last week's Sith Disturbers and how how great it was even just to listen back to it and I as a patron myself um, I mean yeah it's great content so I'm hoping that's the reason that. Uh, you know, the you guys keep throwing the support our way and uh, keep doing it, man. It's awesome. Yeah. Speaking, of, speaking about content, Kyle, why don't you tell ladies and gentlemen what they can win this month? Yeah. Well, so up for grabs for the Powerful Friends this month is, I think we need a reminder because we haven't really spoken about it a ton, but the Jaina Solo Black Series, six inch figure that is uh, going to be going out to a powerful friend at the end of March. And so, yeah, if you want to become uh part of that prize draw head over to patreon.com slash tumbling saber sign up for a couple bucks a month and uh, you're in the draw and then you're also going to get a whole slew of content like we've been alluding to here and uh yeah i mean i, th- I think the powerful friends could vouch for me when i say that it's, it's good content we're working hard here and i think it'd be worth uh worth your your two dollars you know you walk away with a prize at some point and then it's all it's all gravy. Everything after that is just icing on the cake. It's a good conversation piece as well, that toy. It's like, think about it like, you know, anyone who's winning this knows who she is and all that. But think of like a, someone who knows Star Wars, but kind of like, you know, it's on display. It's at your house. And they're like, who, who is Jaina Solo? Like, who's Jaina Solo? Like, well, actually, you see, there was this vote this one time because there's this thing called the Expanded Universe or Legends now. Yada, 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 yada. You know, like, okay. <laughs> anyway, here it is. Well, I, I'm reminded of that Seinfeld moment where Jerry's just like hearing hearing George's life story, and he's like, "Yeah, you're right, you're right. I'm not ready for this," and they just tune out. <laughs> exactly. I think it takes a certain 
Star Wars fan to really, really care about Jaina Solo. But I digress. Um, collecting updates. Anything to share this week? Yeah, actually, I, I got two. I want to get a couple things here. Like, let's. I want to put some news out there as well, just because I saw this tweet recently. Yakface put it out there. Um, <clears throat> looks like early signs are coming around April sixteenth for the new six-inch Black Series figures for April the line. Uh, yeah, solo line. Possibly it's a rumor still, but there's there's six toys coming out in the line. I think it's Tarkin, Solo, Lando, uh, Range Trooper. And then you have like the Death Squad Commander and a Jawa, whatever. Mm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the first four. Oh man. I, I hope that is the date. And, uh, I definitely, uh, I'm out there. I was out there this weekend looking around. Star Wars, it's, it's weak sauce out there. Weak uh, sauce. Yeah, it's bad. It was really <laughs> bad. Like, the, it's just dry, man. There's, there's nothing new. They're just, it's like they're just waiting to be filled up again. But so, you know, I had to scratch the itch. I had to find something, and I, I've been holding out on this one because I've seen it around everywhere. But uh, I hit up the ME eight dash eight D nine droid the protocol droid sure. from the force awakens it's a robot <laughs> it's around it was it was around it's not like anything whatever i'm i'm not really that impressed with myself but uh you know i said robots <laughs> I had to buy something you're shaming yourself uh, you don't have to do that i don't know it's just the character didn't stick out for me that much so anyhow but still um what else we got here james actually hooked me up to silmarillion i really appreciate that james thank you very much like can't wait to eventually get my sink my teeth into that. Yeah, well, I you know speaking of James, who's who's clearly at this point, you've realized that James is not here this week. He is he's hard at work at the Green Door Pod again, and I I, I caught back up with with one of their more recent episodes, and they are doing a lot of work. Like you can definitely see the work that is going into that podcast. So jump on That's that. True. The Green Door Podcast is definitely worth your time if uh, if you're anything like me. And you need you need a little bit of assistance as you as you hack through Tolkien's work because it's just so dense. It is so it's wonderful, but it is dense. Um, the Green Door Pod will will help you through that and make make a lot of sense of it. So go check them out at the Green Door Pod on Podbean and iTunes. I keep calling it iTunes. It's Apple Podcasts now. Everybody. Oh boy. Well, I should I should bring back the uh, the fine system every time I refer to. To uh, Apple Podcasts as iTunes, I should be fined and putting a couple bucks in the kitty. Seriously, <laughs> pre-recorded Disney. stuff does not count for the smoked meat. <laughs> oh, <Ooh. Yeah. laughs> for the win! Anyhow, um, I also at one point, hey, when I was at your place, Kyle, it was so funny. I was talking with Carlos and Eric and all the guys, you know, and I'm just like, check this out. So I managed to bypass security in the uh, the green room, and I got my hands on X-wing Luke. Everybody, I had him. You, He's you, in you my hands. An Sob. That's the one and only time you're going to get that, get your hands on that. Yeah, you're done. Your little fingers. I was smearing the box. <laughs> just like, oh, wiping my boogers on it. <laughs> Marking this thing. <laughs> but uh, no, that was, that, was, that was so funny. But anyhow, I, I actually do have another little something coming in the mail for you, brother. And Carlos, you got your, your, your stuff this weekend as well. You, but, you uh, say think... that with such disdain. No, 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 it's a good thing. <laughs> you're gonna like, you're gonna like it. But I mean, also, I say it with disdain because I think, uh, again, there was nothing out there, so I don't think I would have bought anything else anyhow. But a little bit of the the budget went to uh, your collecting update, which is pretty incredible. I would have to say. Well, is that my cue? 
I think did, so. Did you just team me up here for my own collecting update? Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, well, Corey was kind enough on his toy runs to grab a Forces of Destiny Leia with R2 for me. That's the only Leia that I'm really inter- interested in. So he snagged that a whole whopping nine bucks. So I'm, I, I was happy to get my hands on that. Uh, also non-Star Wars, but a Captain Marvel Legends figure, the three and three quarters. I, I've, for whatever reason, I've you know, for the last five, six years, I've really dug Captain Marvel. And I'm stoked to see Brie Larson pick up the mantle there. And uh, for my birthday, James hooked me up with a, this is really cool. And I, I look at it and I'm tempted to open it, but I can't do it. It's an oversized card from Empire Strikes Back. It's vintage. It's vintage still in the wax pack. I should, I should really snap a picture of it and put it on, uh, put it all across I social. I saw that downstairs. I was like, oh, when did he get this? Yeah, that, that is Good. that is from Mr. O'Flaherty. Awesome. Yeah, it's really, really cool. But it's 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 all it is really is the trading cards from the Empire line from 1980, just on an oversized 6x4 format. But it's still in that yellow Empire wax seal pouch, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I was ho- I was holding it up to the light and everything to see if I could see anything. And no. <laughs> well, it is cardboard, so. And uh, finally, my my last collecting update. So everybody kind of pitched it. in for my birthday, and something I'd had my eyes on for a while. Uh, my wife first brought it to my attention last fall, and hinted at something that it could be for my fortieth, but a Nixon Star Wars watch. And there's a whole line of them. You can check them out online. They're all. Really well, most of them are gorgeous, but uh, my, so everybody kind of pitched in and grabbed the Death Star Nixon watch for me, which is just beautiful. So again, that's something I'll, I'll take a picture of and put it across social. But uh, yeah, again, everybody, thank you for for pitching in on that. I, I love it. I need to put an extra couple links in the uh, the what do you call it? the wristband. It's it's a little too tight, so I need to expand that, and I won't wear it until I do. But uh, it's it's awesome. It is such a nice watch. It it weighs like five pounds. I'll be <laughs> at some point. I'm going to look like Homer Simpson when he was just dumbbell curling that one arm. It's That's awesome. It's a hefty watch, but it's beautiful, and I'm I'm super stoked to have gotten that. It's a nice watch. <laughs> well, anyway, yeah. So if if anybody wants to treat themselves to a nice watch, and I feel like people don't wear watches enough anymore, go check out uh, the Nixon Star Wars watch collection. There's there's a lot of them. And they are really, really nice. Carlos, any any collecting update for you? Uh, no, I just I uh, got finally got my hands on the uh, the Poe items that uh, Corey picked up for me. So it was the three and three quarter black series Poe uh, from the Force Awakens, and uh, the twelve inch um, the twelve inch figurine, uh, which I already have. Call it a doll. Call yeah, it a spade a, a spade. <laughs> okay, whatever. It's all good. <laughs> and uh yeah so uh got that in my hands very happy with that and uh, that's about it i didn't really uh oh and i got my um i just got my uh, grubby little fingers on the lego cherut Imwe uh from the hover tank that uh i gave to my son so I- i'm rounding up all the lego characters from rogue one and putting them all together cool uh yeah so that's it that's uh, that's where I am with the. I, he gets he gets the Lego for his birthday, but I I stole the character. Fair enough. I wanted oh, to ask wow. you, Carlos. I saw something the other day at Canadian Tire. Um, it's the Wolf Gregor and Rex. Uh, I think it's their ATST. I believe it is. They're they're clone 
Clone Wars series like Walker, you know, that they had modified to live in in Rebels. I saw that at Canadian Tire. It was it had a pretty big tight price tag on it. But do you know if that's like a kind of sought after or Which if one, it's uh, the Lego? Yeah. Oh, so it's the AT. ATT, right? I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I don't buy anything with Rebels on it. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't let that trash in my house, Corey. <laughs> wow. Shots <laughs> fired. Shots fired. I'm glad you didn't bring that uh, that heat to my party yesterday. I don't, I don't need <laughs> riots in my house. <laughs> so that's it. We can jump into the the brief news section this week, it, and it really is a brief news section. There was, there was nothing. But anyway, so what we did get was a new set of solo posters, hot on the heels of the plagiarism scandal. <laughs> uh, Disney released a bunch of new posters that actually still look pretty cool, right? So there's there's sort of uh, you know, we still have Han, Lando, Kira, and Chewie on these posters, but now it's just they've gotten rid of sort of that silhouetted uh, character name, and it's just a full on full color poster but they're pretty nice right like i i almost wish they had just gone with these from the start well yeah i mean in hindsight it's like like the marketing team really again goofed on this but I, lucasfilm is kind of taking a step back saying well it's not our fault it, like disney handles all the marketing you know and then again they're like oh it was like uh, farmed out to another company who did that so anyways, it, everyone's no one's taking the blame and i don't even think they really admittedly said that it was plagiarized either you know like so I, th I found that a little lame but in the same right like i think it's been swept under the rug like you know well, I, I think disney pr got way out in front of this and they probably said hey artist our bad they cut him a check and just said you just just need to go yeah, quiet with now. this now shut up yeah be quiet <laughs> we don't need <laughs> any the... more bad, bad press on this movie but yeah definitely looking good man like I, I kind of preferred the original ones, to be honest. I thought they were a little more chic with their names and stuff. But it's basically the same paintings, just without their names. But it was kind of like I was saying. I think it was even last week or possibly the week before where well, Hans definitely has that good Western feel. But they seem almost a bit like a painting, right? There's that haze, almost like, like there's a Vaseline on the lens. And I like that. It gives it that, that old school feeling, which I really, really – I'm digging it. Yeah, these are nice, Carlos. Do you like these better, or do you wish, do you wish in a perfect world that we could have stuck with the original character posters? Yeah, I like the originals better. That's just um, well, they they looked they really just, original. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, 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 I just feel like they would have looked a lot better on your wall. You know, like if you have them in a smaller poster format. Yeah. I'll tell you though, I, I don't like the new sort of group shot poster. That one sort of bores me a bit. It's just it's it's a collage of the the character posters with with L three three seven and uh, Beckett thrown in there, but there's just so much wasted space sort of at the bottom where it's just like a solid red. That that one leaves me a little bit cold. But the character posters, I would like to get my hands on maybe a smaller print of them, like I don't know, five by sevens or four by sixes, and just sort of frame those up and have them in a, in a small picture frame on the wall. Nice. They're they're nice and colorful, so. Uh, thumbs up to those. And how how goddamn good does Lando look? Come on, well, he, he looks or, you know, he looks spectacular. I mean, there's there's no getting around it. He it's 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 Lando classic Lando look all over it. I even just say Donald Glover too. Like he's I don't know, he looks very charismatic. 
Uh huh. <laughs> There's the <laughs> understatement just, of the year. Dude, he looks so smooth. Like I don't know, it's the hair, the just the way he's got his beard all trimmed and stuff. Oh, it's, it's what he's it's wearing. Perfect. It's perfect. It's 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 straight up Lando. It's it. This is it's fan casting that actually came true for a change because it it was the right call. Like Lando is gonna walk away with this movie. All right, let's uh, let's move ahead quickly here to uh, Jabba's role in a solo series becoming a bit closer to reality? Question mark. So uh, this comes from Flickering Myth, who got it from the Sun.co.uk. So hopefully you can take this with a big boulder of salt. The Sun is shaky at best, but uh, they they seem to be quoting some sources here. So we'll go with it as a, a semi worthy news piece here. So one of the quotes out of this is. It's a huge secret, but Jabba is returning to the Star Wars universe. The insider also explained that fans will learn why Han ended up owing owing him so much money, and that Yoda was brought back for The Last Jedi, and now Disney wants to bring back another legacy character. Blah, blah, blah. There's a little bit more to it. Uh, So, just the the last quote here. Oscar-winning visual effects artist Ben Morris. The son quoted him as saying, Jabba the Hutt would be a good guess when asked which character would be in Solo. Then he added, if I say any more, I will get into trouble. So, Carlos, what do you read into that? Uh, I'm kind of happy that I answered that Jabba would be in the movie in our Solo quiz. That's yeah. that's the first thing I thought. <laughs> uh, I was kind of hoping that we'd get a little bit of Jabba. Uh, just because... Uh, I mean, he appears in uh, the first trilogy and, and the prequel trilogy. So there's there's some continuity there. I think he's more important than a character like Forlom or, oh, yeah. or, uh, or Dengar or whatever. You know, uh, he, he's actually uh, quite important. And it's, uh, I mean, part of two movies. This, that, that whole storyline of Jabba the Hutt is it's, it's two movies. It's three movies, actually. So I think it's important that there's a relationship between uh between uh, Han and and Jabba and it makes sense that uh it it would you know they would dip the toes in to get maybe uh, an introduction uh just so we know like you know that eventually what happens Well yeah when you I think you framed it in a very key way that for Han it the relationship with Jabba is a is a key driver for Han in the OT. It's it's it looms over him for two whole movies until it catches up with them at the end of Empire, right? And then of course half of of Jedi is is breaking him out of there. So it's it's major for Han, and it I don't I, I don't think it would be a fan servicey thing to bring Jabba into the Han Solo movie. It makes it it makes sense. It's 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 too big a part of Han's life. To just pretend it wasn't there, or to just mention it in passing. Well, we're going three for three here, boys, because I pretty much have the exact same thing written here. Uh, if anyone makes sense in this this movie, it's between him and Boba Fett, and it's more so Jabba to me, uh, just because exactly like you guys said, he's not in one movie or two or three; he's in every movie of the original trilogy. Like, so it's a huge part of Han's life. Like, why the hell does he owe him a million space bucks? Uh, I don't know. Like. <laughs> It should be in this movie. Like that's all signs point to yes for me. Like, and I'm I'm glad that it's under wraps and nothing's leaked about that until now. And yeah, I mean it makes totally perfect sense. And not only that, like the the tech has gotten a lot better since the last time we've seen him on screen, right? 
So has it ever? There's a lot of possibilities there. Like maybe you, you know, maybe he's not on his dais or whatever you want to call it all the time. Like maybe he can get his hands dirty a bit, get in the field. Maybe he's a little more agile. Um, you well, know, I want to see. We, it's funny you mention that. Like we've seen huts in comics and in in the novels that actually are. Multi- yeah, yeah, right. Zero. zero, zero, right. There's, there's. I think uh, is it Gracchus in the comics is like a muscle bound hut, which is the weirdest thing to look at. <laughs> it's so weird. He has abs. <laughs> I wouldn't want to mess with him. No, you don't. That's that's kind of the thing, but. Imagine a, a hut with abs. For those who don't read the comics, just picture that in your mind for a second. A hut with abs. That's <laughs> well, kind of weird. Uh, you know, kind of got a it's flash weird. of myself in the mirror there. I, I'd like to see, <laughs> I'd like to see a little more uh, character development with Jabba as well. Like, you know, all we get from the palace is that like when we see the palace again i've always come back to this it's rotting from the inside it's it's really falling apart it's like the end of his empire he's so sloppy smoking his bong all the time like eating frogs like he doesn't care anymore like he's just there for his own pleasure like he's not he's kind of seems like he's gotten a bit complacent and i want to see him like more in his prime like why is he literally the most vile gangster in the galaxy like like let's see Jabba with the the tommy gun like from the gffa you know like something like why is this guy so feared and kind of respected by the empire i it will be interesting to see how they actually bring Jabba on screen and in what capacity we see that if it's if it's true but is it as simple as Han dumps a shipment of contraband bound for Jabba at the site of a couple Star Destroyers and he just says, oh, oh, and just hits the, hits the, I don't know, the eject switch and just blasts off uh, that, that front section of the Falcon or just, I don't know, just jettisons a bunch of cargo. It'll make sense. I think it's, I would put money on at this point of the game, even though we know absolutely nothing, I would put money on the fact that he probably does it during the Kessel Run. You think? Just for some for some reason, like you know, oh, we have to do like blah, we have to we have to jettison something like. We're yeah, we're too slow. We're carrying too much weight. Yeah, something like that. You know. Hmm. Could, so, could that be part of the reason for the split in all of Han's relationships? Like we don't, like all these guys are presumably out of Han's life by the end of this movie, whether they're dead or uh, the relationship is is severed. Like. Like, did Han maybe do what he thought was right? Like, they're carrying around all this this payload bound for Jabba, but, like, what if he thought that by he, he could save his friends by throwing all this stuff overboard and making the Falcon quicker? And then they go, well, Han, uh, we didn't tell you to do that, you moron. Like, now we're all in trouble, but you did this. You're the guy that's going to have to wear this. You deal with Jabba. And they just leave him in the lurch. Oh, for sure. That that makes 100% sense to me. Like, now I'm starting to see this movie coming together in a whole new light. Like, Jabba could possibly be the guys hiring Beckett. When Beckett's putting together a crew, it could be something Jabba's up to. You know, and then uh, this is also part of when you're thieving and stuff. There's, you know, you got driver. Everyone's got a role, right? The Like, the, the guy who role plays, the guy who's the driver. But there's also usually a fall guy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I I see Han as Beckett and Orlando's fall guy. The Patsy, the young Patsy that they bring into the crew, 
They use him up, and then they just kind of hum- use him as a human shield when the Empire or or the Huts or the Bounty Hunters, whatever, come calling, saying, well, here, take him. But it, it also... I, I, this opens the door for a long line of bounty hunters to take a run at Han, which may or may not play out in John Favreau's TV series, right? That would be kind of cool. Yeah. A bunch of bounty hunters chasing Han all over the galaxy. I'm down that for bounty that. Bounty hunter, we, we ran into an Ord Mandel, changed my mind. Yeah, I mean, that's jumping the timeline a bit into Empire. I don't know if they would do no, that. It just but... gives reference, you know, like everyone wants a piece. Yeah, 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 for sure. Carlos, any thoughts on any of that stuff? Um, I I just as long as it's written in a, in a way that it's not just I was carrying something for him and I dropped it, you know, like as as long as there's more depth to the to the relationship, or I'd be fine with it. But if it's just a little, you know, just a little nod. I mean, he's he's a vile gangster. Like, why not see more of that? You know what I mean? Yeah, boy. Like, there's 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 something about the way um, he was written, and it would be you know I think it would be a shame if if it was only uh, I dropped my cargo. You know what I mean? That's 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 my only like trepidation. But uh, you know, I, I they could do it. And maybe I, I accept it once I see it on screen. But uh, beforehand, I don't know. I, I'm I'm kind of like, uh, I'm happy that they're putting him in there. But I mean, it has to. I, I hope it means something. I think it will, and I think it, it's going to be more from like theater of the mind and like reputation type stuff. I, I, I'm having a hard time seeing where Jabba fits in as as a a plot device or a driver of the plot. Like we've we've seen most of the he main could players, be... I think, but I don't like I I don't know if we're gonna see a lot of Jabba on screen. I I don't know. Maybe that's something that they can fill in the blanks with either the 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 upcoming novels or what's sure to be coming in comic books. I'd say he's hiring that crew, and Beckett's at the head of that crew so far. That's a good call. It make it seems to make sense. But yeah, I, I would like to see more of Jabba's vile side. I mean, we, yeah, for sure. Just, he's like just the most looking like... at him, right? You, you just look at Jabba and go, "Well, he's nothing but bad." Like, there's just something about the look of any hut. I've yeah. not yet oh, seen. It. Oh, 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 oh. I've never looked at a hut and go, "Like, well, he's he seems like he's a pretty good guy." Like, you just judge every one of those books by its cover. They're all which bad. is, which is really odd because first, like, he can't defend himself. Like, that's the thing. Like. How does, it's like one of those ah, – it's typical storytelling where like you have this guy that's in power that's actually super weak. Like he's just this giant blob really. Like I can't, he can't defend himself unless he's got like the guy that you were talking about with a six-pack. Yeah, you're right. But they usually have plenty of henchmen and, and bootlickers exactly. to, to do that for them. Like look at, look at Jabba's Palace where Luke goes for, that, for, the, for the guard's gun. And he's grabbed by a Gamorrean guard, and they they all go tumbling down into the into the Rancor pit. Like there's plenty of people around Jabba all the time that that will seemingly take a shot for him. Anyway, it seems like, I think we're all in agreement. Jabba is definitely going to be a part of this movie more than just a throwaway line, and I I think it makes sense. Likewise. 
All right, so we're not going to stray too far from Jabba here, but um, some plots of upcoming Forces of Destiny episodes, which drop on, uh, well, really, it's March 19th. So as you're listening to this podcast, there's already going to be a bunch of episodes out, which is kind of cool. These are cute little cartoons, but one of them in particular really piques my interest. And by the time you hear this, uh, we'll already kind of have the answer. So I'm, I'm kind of... Uh, I, I want to guess. Well, it's it's obvious. It's it's really obvious. Right. Yeah, it is. So the episode titled uh, Bounty Hunted, where Maz Kanata helps Leia, Chewbacca, and R2-D2 with a clever plan to free Han from Jabba the Hutt. So again, not straying too far from Han and Jabba plotline here, but this is pretty cool, man. Like, this is a great way to get like Maz into the mix in the OT. Like it's a good bridge to the Force Awakens and like now we get to see a glimpse of of how Maz knows all these people. Han, Chewie, Leia, Luke. Like all these Lando. guys. Are, sure, all these people. All these people are, are all connected now and, and even this little 2-minute episode is going to probably go a long way in connecting that dot, which is which is great to see. Yeah, I could I couldn't agree with you more. That's the one that definitely stood out to me the most as well. Like, and I'm kind of vibing the same thing as you. I think it's really cool that they're tying that connective tissue. There's nothing wrong with that because, you know, I mean, granted, no one's ever said anything or touched upon it, but I mean, hey, like, there's still so much story to be written in the in between, right? So it's a nice little it's a nice little filler, and it makes sense too. Like, who else is going to help them infiltrate Jabba's palace? Well, it it got me thinking of. Do you think Maz was sort of on the Falcon, on Tatooine, just sort of laying back? Like, I can't go in there. They know they know me too well there. But here's the plan. No. I think she kind of did her thing like she did with uh, Justin Theroux's character there. Well, there, there, just... there is a screen grab of, of R2, Chewie, Leia, and Maz together. And Leia's already in the Bounty Hunter suit. Ooh, on the Falcon? Well, I don't, I, I don't know where they are. It doesn't look like they're on the Falcon. It could be, I suppose, or it could be on a, you know, in a Rebel hideout somewhere, either on Tatooine or on a ship somewhere or on another planet. I don't know, but they're definitely together, and I'm, I'm excited for that. That's, that's going to be really two important minutes. And of course, you could. This is, I think, it's considered soft canon, so you could kind of take it or leave it, but. Until it's contradicted, I'm gonna I'm gonna apply this directly to the canon timeline. Yeah, I'm on board with that. But anyway, by the by the time this podcast airs, uh, we we will have our answer to that episode. But uh, I think a lot of people listening would probably I don't know how many of our listeners really do watch Forces of Destiny. So, but that that will be one to check out for sure. And that's it, guys. I, like I said, it's a very short news section this week. Nothing tantalizing. I threw a couple things in the Facebook group that I didn't want to kick around here. It's just there's just nothing there. But you know, if you get a bunch of people talking about it, maybe something comes out of it. But uh, I'd rather move on to a really heavy binary sunset, which is loaded with cool questions this week. So let's get to that. And of course, we are going to kick things off as we always do with ads. Oh yeah. Hello, lads. I am just listening to your latest uh, excellent podcast. And I thought I'd send a question in a bit earlier this week so you guys have got some time to think about it. Okay, so from our Star Wars Commonwealth community, 
I'd like you to assign individuals a particular Star Wars character. So I'd like to bag the R2-D2. Uh, I'll happily take the lovable, the lovable droid uh, for myself. But who's your Chewbacca? Who's your Princess Leia? Who's your Darth Vader? Have fun and I'll look forward to uh, the fallout. Have a good show. Take care. Bye. All right, there goes ads. Kind of with, a, with a really fun one this week. We're going to try our best not to offend anybody. But we, we already know that uh, R2 is off the table, Corey. Ads has claimed the little droid for himself. So that's it. We've got nothing else. But uh, it's also funny because Ads sent in this question really early last week so that we'd have, we could have time to really marinate and think on this. But then I found this really cool website, which is called getrandomthings.com slash starwarcharacters.php. So I thought one, one funny way to attack this would, would be to hit this link, which I'm going to do now, and it's going to give me six Star Wars characters at random. And I'll, I'll pick one. I'll, I'll throw it at you guys, and <laughs> we'll see what comes of this. So here we go. All right, guys, who in the Commonwealth community? So I, I take this to mean the podcasters on the network, as well as uh, the, the, the people that we interact with on a daily basis. So that would include TSW VIPs, our powerful friends, and just anybody that we sort of uh, hang out with online, power, uh, the Knights of the Commonwealth. You get, you get the gist. So guys, who's, who, <laughs> who is our General Hux? Who's really pasty? <laughs> And temperamental. Hmm. It's tough. General Hux. Oh, you'd be up on there my on my list, Kyle. What? <laughs> Just that what? Ah, oh, come on, man. <laughs> no, I'm joking, you turd. <laughs> General Hux. Well, it would be too easy to say Rob Wade because he's he's really the only Hux fan I know. But I don't know if that if that's really fair. I think I think Rob is way too funny and laid back to be this cranky old, uh, well, cranky young Hux. Yeah, that's a bit of a loophole for me. I actually have Rob on my list, and he's got to be chewy. Come on, simply because the of the height, the gangle creature. Yeah, and the gangle creature. He he says gangle all the time. Back <laughs> off. But Sanjay <laughs> Sanjay might give him a run for his money. Come uh, come May. So who's really militant? Do we have any militant people at the at the, at the Commonwealth? I know is uh, he likes uh, calling himself a Nathan Juan Kenobi, but oh, you mean uh, uh, of not not of the patrons? You mean of the, uh, the the podcasters? Just anybody, anybody that we that that is part of the Star Wars Commonwealth community. So that that yeah, anybody Shaky? on a podcast, anybody who's a powerful friend or a TSW oh, cool. VIP, like we can go anywhere with this. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to go with Nathan. I'm going to throw Nathan. He's, uh, yeah, he's he's by the he's by the book. Uh, he doesn't mess around. Okay. Uh, you know, he seems like uh, you know he's up to uh, he's up to the manual. Like he knows what's uh, you know the he training knows his manual. Canon. His canon. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, Nathan. That that's Candido music at gmail dot com. <laughs> <laughs> That, that's not even the, my email but it's, it's not <laughs> nope by the way he knows where to find you either way yeah for sure 
no, I, it's 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 not meant to be an insult. It's yes, like Nathan does right get right to the core of things, like Hux. Uh, okay, let's see what else we got here. I'm gonna re I'm gonna hit random again. See who else we get here. Oh boy, who is our Senator Bail Organa? Do we have a Senator Bail Organa? Hmm. Hmm. Yes. Who can oh. double in Law and Order? That's that's the question. Somebody who I makes things he... happen behind the scenes. He's a very calm, soothing I voice. Think... We're talking about Tim right now from the Nerd Room, I think. No. No? I'd say Steve from the San Diego Sabres. I, w I was going to go with Rob Williams as, as the director of, of talent procurement, making things happen behind the scenes. Yeah, he's Reese. Come on. <laughs> Robbie's. I don't know if he drinks enough to be Reese. <laughs> well, I guess we can have, there's no rules here. We can have multiple answers, but uh, I, well, I, I like, I like all three of those suggestions. Hmm. All right. Let's, let's, let's fire up another one here. Who is our Qui-Gon Jinn? Ooh, I kind of like that. I say James. I was going to... Yeah, I had James as Obi-Wan, but they have equal amounts of sass. A lot of Qui-Gon sass rubbed off on Obi-Wan, so I'm liking that. Yeah, that, seems, yeah, let, that, that one seems written in the, in the stars. Qui-Gon James. Yeah, with the green... Also the green lightsaber. Green door. Got a... Yeah. All right, let's hit the switch again. Leia Organa. Who's our Leia? Hmm. I'm going to say Carrie because she got the Leia, Leia figure and also she's a cosplayer, so she can make that happen. Yeah, okay. I was going to I was going to say like let's imagine people with cinnabuns stuck to the side of their heads, but uh you cut <laughs> you, you cut straight to the point. <laughs> oh no! Is that, is that does that make me Hux again? <laughs> Probably. Oh, Genital Hux. <laughs> uh, so, did did you guys like write down anything? Like, I, do I have to keep randomizing here, or do you guys have anything uh, in mind? I like the randomizing because it keeps me on my toes. But I have a couple written down. But there, I have there, a couple too, just a handful. So yeah, you can randomize a bit, I guess. All right, let's see what else we got here. Who is our Han Solo. Han Solo. See, who's a part a, of me was a real scoundrel. I have an answer. Yeah. Yeah. Naked Steve. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I, I guess. like it. Uh, Anil. Yeah. I think Anil could could do Han Solo, right? No, maybe not. I don't know. Anil. I think Anil's too good. So I look at it this way. You could either go for somebody who's really like a scoundrel or you can go for somebody who really loves the character. So when I, when I think of Han Solo, I think of Ash. So maybe, you know, just uh, out of a uh, little tip of the hat to Ash for that. Fair, fair. I, I, there's probably a lot of people going, no, I want to be Han. Give me Han. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I was just about to say it. You know I'm Han, but whatever. <laughs> You're Hondo. <laughs> I like it. 
That, that makes that makes more sense. Uh, Tim. Tim could be Han. Tim's a cool guy. Yep, yep. I got I got Tim on my list. Tim Tim is my wedge. Tim is your definitely. Wedge. Yeah, I definitely see it. Yeah, he's just solid, man. Just always there. Laying the golden egg to destroy the Death Star. Okay. I think Tim would accept that. Uh, all right. Let's hit this randomizer one more time here. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Supreme Leader Snoke. Do we have mm. one? Uh, let's just skip over that. Nobody wants to be Snoke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gave it to me again. Get out of here, Snoke. <laughs> a wampa? No, we're not going to deal with wampas. Um, do we? All right, Lando. Do we have a Lando? Well, who's uh, who's ultra smooth on the mic? Someone who could. Uh, I don't know. It's not me. I'm not trying to say it's me. Uh, <laughs> you weren't auditioning for the Lando role. No, definitely not. No. Hmm. Well, I definitely say Rob Williams definitely has a, a radio voice. That's for sure. Yeah, there's a few good radio voices at the uh, SWC, but they also have to be like good ladies men. You know, it's not it's just not the voice. Yeah, you, you have to you have to be the smooth swindler. I am the ladies man. <laughs> <laughs> Leon Phelps, everybody. <laughs> thank you, thank you. My name is Leon Phelps. Mm, Lando's a tough one. Let's okay. Let's think beyond podcasters. Who who who's really smooth? Do we have any really smooth listeners? So it's it's tough because we don't hear their voices a whole lot all the time. Oh, we got to give it to Bradley. <laughs> you want to give Bradley's going to be Lando? Well, hello. What have we here? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that one. Well, there you go. Bradley, congratulations on your anointment as the SWC Lando. Are right, you guys got any other intentional ones that you've written down? Yeah, I got, I got one. I had to do the whole team here, you know, at least. James, I had Obi-Wan, but Qui-Gon, you guys are right there. I have to go with that. He's the he's definitely a big reason for Obi-Wan's sass. But um, Kyle, I had you down for, <clears throat> I think I said this once before, but Make a good Tarkin or Count Dooku. Jeez. <laughs> you know, they're both so, you know, they're they're regimented but wise. And, you know, there's points that, like, I, I want to know more about Dooku. Honestly, I am super intrigued about this guy. Like, he, he, he kind of had it right in a way, even though he got duped and deceived by the dark side. Like, he was starting to trottle on his own path and, and got swallowed up in it all. But... Uh, Carlos, I think it's quite clear that you're 3PO. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I put the. Uh, this is a cool one, actually. You're going to be <clears throat> Garazem Aurelius. Just because you what? hate Rebels so much. and no, But I I definitely see that. You know, you're like the uh, the muscle. So I'm the sorry. muscle with a heart. You know, you, you act like a big tough guy, but uh, you're just a big teddy bear. All right. <laughs> Say so. <laughs> it's like whatever. <laughs> um, I got Jeffrey Jeffrey Kelts. I don't want to sign anyone in particular, but he's definitely a Mandalorian. I don't know where I got that from, but well, it's funny. I, I just got I hit the randomizer. I got Django Fett, which I think would be a good one for for Cody. 
Cody over at uh, the Rogue Squadron podcast. I think that would that would work. Tech savvy guy doing his own thing. You should have just lied and said you got Commander Cody. That's too easy. Kind of, he kind of is. He's a clone. He's got the, the superior version of Commander Cody. Ooh, shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason why the clone came from Django. Because he thought he was great. No copy is ever better than the original, is it? Rex. <coughs> <laughs> Sorry. How, how about this one for a little loophole? I think this is my boy for loopholes. Uh, I'm going to give Jeffrey Fish uh, Turbis to Porg. Well, I don't know. Uh, Why would you do that to Jeffrey? Because he loves Porgs, and Porgs are awesome, and Turbis is awesome, and it was an awesome answer. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> How about this one? The original OG power unit gonk to the Kigo. Well. Yeah, okay, we'll do it. Well, what, did I just blow your mind, or like, no. what's going on? No, no, I, it's just low-hanging fruit, but whatever, you could do whatever you want, Corey. Okay, well, I'll, I'll be salacious crumb. <laughs> it's like, Kigo's too talented to be a, a gonk droid that just skulks around on two feet with no arms. You do, Power. you did see the DL-44 he drew. You have seen the book that he wrote. Gonks ain't doing don't... that. You don't get the gonk, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> the original power unit, man. No, I th- I think Kigo is more like uh yeah, Kigo's more a military guy. He should be. No, I would say he's more of a plo coon. Mm, I like that. It's a deep cut. I, I have a feeling like plo coon is a bit of an artist somewhere. Um how much more how you know much more let... stretch this stretch this out? You know who I'm gonna let you be, Kyle? Oh please tell me. You can be callous, bro. Accepted. All right. <laughs> I, I got I to gotta give some, some love to Mark, too. I mean, he's the admiral. It's, I don't want to call him. He's definitely not Akbar, but let's give him Nadine. What a terrible haircut. <laughs> <laughs> the glue on beard. Oh, God. I, I, love, I love it when people were saying that uh, callous was Nadine. Oh jeez, that Ugh. stop. You always do this, Corey. Um <laughs> no, you know what? I'm uh <laughs> for the Emperor, uh we gotta give it to uh Pal Pacino. Uh we gotta give it to uh Rob Wade. Yes. Good. And, I like that call. Yeah, I was gonna give uh three PO to um to Paul. Uh, movie score news. I gotcha. That's, and um, for Vader, I mean, uh, I mean, I'm Vader, guys. Come on, we all know it. <laughs> Everybody knows that. <laughs> Carlos is Vader. That's uh, just the way it works. I'm gonna give. Uh, I'm gonna give our friend Katie the cleaned up version of Asajj Ventress, not the Clone mm. Wars loser. The the cleaned up version from um, Dark Disciple that was that was doing more good than bad. I, I think. I, I hope Katie likes that one. Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of all I got for now. That is fun, though. I could be could, Cabe, too. You could be Cabe? Yeah, Cabe. Because you're always drunk? Something like that. 
I'm trying to make you laugh, you tool. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, this could this could be a tangent thing, like where we could just talk about this for an hour and uh you know, would probably change our answers three times before we got to the end of it. So once again, well done ads. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I have at it. Go in the Facebook group or fire it around on Twitter. Say, no, I think this person is blank character. Tee off on each other. Have some fun. <laughs> and ads. Thank you, sir. All right, it's Bradley's turn. Let's hear what Bradley's got cooking this week. Hey, guys. Bradley here with this week's Star Wars question. Hope everyone at the uh, Tumbling Saber podcast is doing well. Hopefully you are having a great weekend. So uh, I wanted to talk about this week the Octu uh, Blowho, as I like to call it. Uh, let's talk about the hole where um, evidently the dark side resides, where Ray goes down and she goes and looks at the ice mirror, I guess you could call it, and she is asking the question, who is her parent? So... I'm not too sure what to make out of this scene. I'm not too sure what it's telling us. Um, other than... Um, she... I guess I guess what I think it's telling us is... That her parents are not relevant. And she uh, needs to move on with her life. She needs to not be concerned or caught up in where she came from and and who her parents are um the fact that it reveals her in the end um i guess i guess you could say she just has herself to depend on from here on out and so um that scene i, f- I feel like could have been a done a lot better now Keep in mind here, we don't we don't know what the end result of this will be. Um, it could all make perfectly good sense, uh, obviously, uh, after we see episode nine. But what I thought would have been cool here is, you know, we saw the uh, we saw the image or the the shadow figures, and it looked like two people um, that was fixing to be revealed to us. And then, obviously, it just cut to her, um, you know, a mirror image of herself. And what I thought would have been really neat is right before those two figures would have been revealed, um, instead, uh, at that moment, we see her having a force um, uh, conversation with uh, Ben, with uh, Kylo. I think I think that would have been neat to have him actually appear at that moment right before um the revelation of her parents um uh, being presented. I think that would have been kind of cool because then I think that would have given a little bit more weight to um what Snoke was doing. You know, he was the one that was actually putting them two together. He was the one that was actually connecting those two um to one another. And I think that would have been neat to have him actually uh, being able to sense that she was about to learn who her parents were, which could, um, you know, really set her on a different path than what he wanted her to go uh, down. 
And so at that moment, that's when he decides to connect them to and to actually interrupt um, her discovering who her parents were. So um, I, I feel like, and then that, and then that could have, um, I, I think you could, you could still at the end of the movie have, um, you know, Kylo telling her um, that her parents were drunkards and scavengers and all that. Um, but that would be the only point in the movie that uh, her someone is telling her who her parents are. And I think the fact that we, we don't get to see who her parents are um, or they're not revealed um, down in that cave um, kind of uh, takes a little bit of mystery away in a sense. And so I feel like that was a little bit of a misstep there. I think they uh, missed an opportunity to, um, you know, kind of, uh, you know, kind of lead us on, uh, you know, us still not knowing who our parents are. Um, But it it would have given, uh, you know, just a little bit more uh, added weight to that scene and a little bit more of, you know, what's, you know, that... I mean, I was, my heart was pounding when that scene was, you know, playing out. And when it just showed her, it's just like, it was so defeating and deflating to me. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. You know, it's just her. I mean, and and it showed two figures there. I mean, I just felt like, once again, they didn't know what they wanted to do or they, or they still are not dead set on, uh, who her parents are, and I, I just I kind of felt that when that scene played out that way. But um, so that's my thoughts on it. That's what you know where my mind's at, where my head's at, and uh, uh, looking forward to hearing what y'all have to say about that scene and what y'all think. Um, you know, if you like the scene, if you if you're completely happy um, with how it played out, or or also, you know. Um, what that scene means to you. What do you think about that scene? So there you go, guys. Hope you all have a uh, great podcast and may the force be with you. Talk to you later. Bye. All right, Bradley. Thank you, sir. Again, great Bradley banter this week. It's a very trippy sequence, that whole uh, dark side blowhole thing, which, which I really like. I think Bradley named the episode, the blowhole. And uh, (laughs) well, overall, I kind of take away the same thing that Bradley did. Like, her parents, at this point anyway, aren't important to who Ray is and to who she can be. What did you guys take from from Bradley's uh, Bradley's banter this week? Go ahead, Corey. Uh, well, I kind of do think that the scene was important in its own right. Uh, I was kind of just like Bradley in the sense that when it did happen, I was on the edge of my seat in that theater, like. I I crave that moment, you know, like I wanted that moment to kind of almost literally mirror what happened to Luke in the, in the forest tree, right. On Dagobah. Like it was deep. Like I was like, what's going on? I was scared. You know, she got yanked down, like dove into the water. Like who knows if she'd even ever swam before. And like, you know, you don't know the dark side, like, Oh my God, it's, it's so scary. But like, it really turns out that it's not so scary depending where your head's at when you encounter it. So that was a big thing with, with me. And she, she's looking for an answer because she, she so deeply wants to know who she is. And she's basing that on 
who her parents are. So once she sees that it's, she sees herself in the mirror, I have to kind of agree that it was a bit anticlimactic. But it was so well done, that scene. And it kind of does lead to the answer that, you know, it, her, it's, it's her, it's her, it's up to her. Like there's, she faced her greatest fear kind of like that was her greatest fear. Am I alone? Yes, you're alone. This is your darkest fear. And she surpassed that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like my heart was racing a mile a minute in that scene as well. Like I, even though I had like no idea what I was watching, I was like, what is going on here? Like, this is so trippy. But then you see those two shadowy figures emerging. And then she just ends up looking back at herself. And then my knee jerk in that moment was, oh man, like we, st- we don't, we still don't get an answer, but I look back at it now and it, it, it ties perfectly to the whole Ray random thing. Like it, we don't need to know who her, par- who her parents are right now. We, we shouldn't know because this is a, a character who is trying to, well, over, first of all, she's overly dependent on her, knowing who her family is and, and belonging to a group somewhere, her biological group. But her the challenge for her is to stand on her own two on her own two feet, which for me is is a great quest to put this character on. So I don't I don't know. Um, you know I, I get the disappointment of of you know not being blown away by those two faces coming out from behind the mirror. But it's it's what Ray needs to know that she's going to have to stand on her own two feet and rely on herself. Which, which is just infinitely more powerful at at this point. I keep having to stress, you know, at this point, like than seeing, you know, the faces of two people that we don't know. Like, how like how jarring would it have been if we get two faces of of her parents and we're like, well, who are they? Like that moment would be ruined if we're like, we've never met these people. It's this is stupid. Who are they? Why show us them if we don't know them? And then other, but, but on the flip side, if it's going to be somebody we knew. It would have had to have been either Luke, who's upstairs, you know, in the temple, or or Leia as her mom. I'm not saying Luke and Leia were her parents, but like one or the other, or Han, or like it would have had to have been someone we've already met. But it felt like for each of those characters, the ship has sailed. But it could even have been more than that. Like, um, like I get what Bradley's kind of saying. Like it could have been that moment where you see Luke for a second, and then maybe he like disintegrates or like melts away in in the vision and it becomes her like there's something more that could have been jarring in a way that it could have sent our minds reeling but i i get the, the mirrors the, it always looked like an infinite amount of possibilities right like i think that's what it kind of symbolizes and to add to bradley's uh question i kind of did a bit of research and this is one of the first scenes that jj wrote or i'm not jj sorry ryan had wrote for this movie just because I think he really focused a bit more on the the visualization of it because visually it's very stunning but at the same time it's also going with the theme of the movie in the sense that it's letting go of the past facing the past and letting go of it of course yeah and a, a big part of that as well is that Ray has kind of learned from Luke she's in a different place than Luke like she and when Yoda tells Luke that uh you know failures are a great teacher like ray is learning that from luke as she's with him you know like she's not luke she is her own person her own entity and he's so afraid of the dark side like the way he screams at her hey but she she's just in a different mindset you know like 
she's not necessarily perceiving things the same way he is. So she's able to go into things with a different light and a different perspective, which is able to, to allow her to move forward kind of. Well, she's so naive to all of this at this point, like light, dark, whatever. Like she's just, she's kind of open to all of it at this point. Yeah. I'm Ray. Like whatever feels right. I'm going to do kind of, you know, like Captain America. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like she's got a strong enough moral compass that she would push back on the dark just naturally, just because of who she is. Yeah. She, she'd know what's going on. Like, yeah, I was just going to say that, like, just, uh, she, when, when you teach your kids, uh, how to swim, like, uh, you, you have to tell them to go in slowly because their first instinct will be, okay, I'll jump in the water, but without realizing that you have to kick to come back up for air. So that's Ray kind of goes into it with that kind of reckless abandon without realizing that something, you know, nothing bad could happen to her, but she could easily uh, be, sedu- uh, you know, seduced by the dark side. So um, not, only that, like I- not in that blowhole, but I mean, in, in, <laughs> <laughs> throughout the galaxy there are there are temptations and she obviously um you know she she got tempted by kylo to join her uh, to join him so i think she actually learned that lesson quite well i have to say this too this is like really like a bit of a tangent there but uh the way i've seen the film four times and the way she i always watched it after um, when she falls into the water, like if you look, watch that scene, it really looks like she doesn't know how to swim. Like she's just kind of like, oh, she's like, hacking. She gets, she's in there hacking. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Like she's just doing what's instinctual. It's not like it doesn't look uh, like a pro swimmer kind of. So no, I like that they, they took uh, the extra Michael time. Phelps in the pool or, or uh, Ledecky What's there, up? Katie, Katie Ledecky. It's, it's someone who's never swam before, and I, I that kind of came through for me. A hundred percent. And again, there's there's a flip side to this where, like, Maz Kanata in The Force Awakens, so this goes back to 2015, she told it, like, she said to Rey, to her face, which is, you know, an extension to us, whoever you're looking for on Jakku, they're never coming back. Like, she, Rey knows this. Maz is confirming it. Like, her parents were kind of rendered unimportant back in 2015. But yeah, like, us, understandably, as fans, like, we're waiting for this huge moment in, in this trilogy still but just like with snoke's air quotes real identity it's fans that are stoking this i think at least, for sure with snoke with rays it's a bit more nebulous because they have played with that a bit but i feel like the answers we've gotten in tfa were kind of just carried over and they just keep telling ray you're you're ray your parents don't matter they're not coming back for you move on and she's not moving on but maybe now she's going to. Yeah, she's done. So I, I, you know, I guess we could still find out who her parents are. But it's it's, you know, at this point they can't be any part of the story other than a complementary piece to the puzzle. Like once Ray has figured it all out for herself and she's you know, sure of who she is and her place in all this. Like oh, and and that's mom and dad, or that's who they were. Now I get it. Now it's all. Now I feel whole. The the only thing they can really do that make give it any significance, and even that I think was a bit of a cop out, would for her parents to be a part of of Knights of Ren. And like, yeah, okay, I said they were drunkards and stuff, and they're nobodies, and they are, you know. 
I know because <laughs> they work for me as, as Knights of Ren and they're always drunk. Exactly. I they could still pull a pull I guess pull a rabbit out of the hat and really take a left turn again. But uh, I I feel like Ray's parents were intended to kind of be nobodies. But you know I, I agree. All this said, I like I I do get why people aren't fulfilled with this scene. Like it's very oblique and abstract and it's weird. It's hard to wrap your head around and in the end as a viewer waiting for that big shocking reveal, you don't get it. For Ray, it's the shocking reveal. I I don't know if that maybe that doesn't come through strong enough in the movie, but that's that is her like you said, Corey. It's it, that is the worst thing she could hear. That you're not yeah, getting. She the faced answer. her. It's, that's her. It's, that it's was her darkest you. fear. That's a. It's almost as if the mirror emits your darkest fear. You know what I mean? It is what you bring, like the forestry is like your weapon. You don't need it. You know, like you're bringing in there with whatever you're taking in there. So like when. She's walking yeah, in there. She's her, facing her fear her... and her dependency, her That's desperation so... to to have a family. Just ah, anyway, I I really like that scene, but I, I get what Bradley said in the sense that it was kind of when you see it, at, and you're like, oh, it, it it was a bit deflating, and it could have been a little bit more, but you know, as we mull it over, it always feels right right now, you know. Well, you and don't, you, to, don't I, want, you don't want to have a scene like this being 100% completely cut and dry. Like this is a, this I'm glad we're having this conversation because like Ryan did give us stuff to talk about, plenty of stuff and some polarizing stuff. This this fits right in there. This is something that we should be kicking around and trying to dissect and and figure out for ourselves. And it paints the the dark side in a way that's actually not super dark. Like it's a, it's a new way of looking at the dark side, you know? Uh, but I have to, yeah. I have to say this as well. Like when first viewing in theater with you guys, when I saw those two people walking toward her, uh, I know Kyle, you won't really know about this, but it was the first thing that came to my head was Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, because there's kind of that exact same moment with him at the at the very end of the movie. Uh, there's this mirror, this giant mirror that kind of like grants your greatest wish, like your your grandest desire. And all Harry wants to do is see his parents. So they walk toward the mirror in that exact same way, that that silhouette. And they finally come to into view at the last second. You know what I mean? Uh, so it was very I was like, oh, my God, it's Harry's parents. Like when I saw it, you know, like. Carlos, anything to add before we move on to to Matt Salvatore? No. Uh... I, I think uh, I think we passed it around pretty well. I just um, I, I I like that you know you kind of see the two figures behind the glass or behind the ice, whatever it is, the mirror, walking closer towards each other. Because when I when you first see the two images, you're like, "Ooh, are they really doing this?" But then you see them converging, and you know it's it, obviously it's. To tell us that Ray doesn't need to know who her parents are. That's for me. That was the the, the thing that stood out the most, especially with the last viewing that I uh, that I had on Friday. And um, yeah, she doesn't need anything, uh, you know, or anyone besides herself. And Yoda says it later on uh, that uh, you know the girl Ray has everything that she needs. So yeah. There's yeah, there's there's 
layers to that as well, right? It's not just the Je- Jedi text that she has. She has the constitution to be what the Jedi need her to be. Exactly, yeah. No, I like that. Hey, it's almost like Ryan thought about this stuff. Yeah, exactly. All right, Bradley, I hope that helps. Does that clear anything up? You can send us, send us some follow-up questions if, 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 uh, if you like. But uh, he, he also asked, like, should Ben have been a part of that scene? Hmm. I don't know, because he kind of... T- maybe... She she recounts it to him right after. Well, that's it. Like, maybe, you know, you, you're led to think that he knows something about her parents, but maybe he just read that from her memories, right? Yeah, like, was- again, like, why would he know? I mean, I, I know yeah. from the TFA novelization that he's sort of aware of who she is. So maybe he's maybe he knows exactly who she is and who she comes from, where she comes from and who she comes from. I don't know, but yeah, I I feel like you know they they had the chat right after that with the, with the uh, the force touch, and then of course in the elevator where he he tells her that she's nothing but not to me, like all that all that stuff after the fight with the, with the Praetorian guards. I feel like they had their their talk about this, but we'll see how it plays out, and we'll see how episode nine sort of reflects back on this scene in a couple years time. But Brad, thanks, man. That is some good stuff there. All right, like I said, it's it's time to hear what uh, what Matt Salvatore has for us this week. How's it going, Tumbling Saber? It's Matt Salvatore here. I just finished your latest episode, which was, by the way, fantastic. You guys continue to surpass yourselves. Um, anyway, so uh, you were having a discussion about what they should do with... Uh, Carrie Fisher's uh, role in episode nine. And I thought I'd throw my theory in the, uh, in the ring. Uh, So my theory originally was the, uh, that we should see um, Carrie, uh, well, I guess Princess Leia's, Princess Leia's something mentioned about her in the crawl, but also um, show her funeral in episode nine. And I thought that would be a good way for everyone just to kind of have a moment to say goodbye to her just uh just like a funeral scene and i think it would be a really good idea and we can see the emotion that um the characters are hit by you know like uh finn poe and ray you could see how they're taking it and just also just kind of show how how important princess leia was to the galaxy just the impact that that she had and so I sent a uh, question uh, into Talk Star Wars about this and uh, asked them for their opinion on it. And uh, one of the comments in a later episode about it was from uh, Aunt Vesuvi. And she said that it would be really great if it took place on New Alderaan. And I thought, what a fantastic idea just to kind of have a uh, tie in it, you know, this, this planet into canon and just and really give it um, some some you know symbolism that though she you know she lost her world she was able to you know help save another i just that was a really good idea so anyway uh what do you guys think about uh seeing general leia's funeral and what do you think on new alderan anyway uh thank you guys for the show hope you guys have a good podcasting uh may the force be with you bye all right matt thank you for the kind words 
much much appreciated. Uh, well, Corey, are are, are we uh, are we surpassing ourselves again this week? <laughs> oh God, Corey's not even listening anymore. He probably went to get a beer beer or something. I'm good. Sorry. Yeah, tripped over a bunch of bottles. <laughs> uh, is he? Are you? Are you getting in trouble, Corey? Not yet. Uh oh, not yet. I just try to keep it down. Actually, sometimes my my voice carries. Oh boy. Anyway, okay. Let's let's keep this going then. Um, well, I I can. I'll I'll just keep going. I think I can get on board with with Matt's idea here, like to a degree. Like, cause I, I'm gonna have to shelve my expectations and hopes for. Leia's full story coming to fruition like that's just it's not going to happen but interesting side tangent so I, I picked up my daughter from school last week and I, I have the last Jedi soundtrack in my car and it's playing and it comes to a part with with Leia's cue and um, my daughter Harley says to me she goes oh I'm excited to see Princess Leia in the next movie and I said well well sweetie like she's not going to be Princess Leia's not going to be in the next movie and just like her shoulders slumped and she got this big sad look on her face. And I'm like, remember I told you that the, the actress that played Princess Leia, she died. So she's not going to be in the movie. And she just looked at me and she goes, why don't they get somebody else to do it? And I, 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 I hear all, I can already hear the eye rolls and, oh, stupid seven-year-olds, they, they don't get it. And I understand that sentiment. But like the one thing I've mentioned on this podcast long ago is that future generations of fans aren't going to care. At least not to the degree that we do. Like, they're not going to care about who plays Leia so much as how her story plays out. And so, like, seeing it cut short, like, we know that Leia's story is just going to have an abrupt ending to it. And for us, we're going to go, oh, good, they had no choice. They had to do it. Their hands were tied. But they weren't. I mean, they're choosing to do this. They could They could do something else to fully flesh out Leia's story, but because of the sensibilities of people like us that oh no 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 can't do it it's you just got to write her out quickly and be done with it that i that's going to damage the character's legacy and the franchise i think it's it's to that to the detriment of star wars in years to come we may be dead and we won't obviously won't care but yeah i i think uh, because because of how precious we are about this that uh we're kind of being our own worst enemy here but anyway that's that's my little side tangent any thoughts? Well, I don't, yeah, I, I can't agree with it a little more than I think they pulled the trigger a little too quickly. And granted, again, like Carrie is Leia. I get that. But the way you just kind of painted that scenario with Har- with Harley is like, uh, it's kind of a bit heartbreaking in a way. You know, it's true. Like, well, the look on got, her face, like she just looked like she was about to cry. Like, what do you mean? Like Leia's her favorite character. Her and Ahsoka and Hera are like her favorite Star Wars characters. And what do you mean, like Princess Leia is not going to be in it? And honestly, like you, I think you guys said this right off the bat when it happened. Uh, we talked about it. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? And they made the decision rather quickly. But what do you think Carrie's going to say? Like as she's one with the Force, like she's rolling all around the Force right now. Like, like she would want her character done justice. Like nine was supposed to be her movie. Granted, it's not her. It's just that the two are so synonymous with one another, and the the respect factor and the the gravitas of her passing. Uh, it, it was so, such a a tough decision, but they, they I think they made the call a little too early. But let's 
there's still a, sh- a, a line of hope now. We know that Disney's ret- retracted and backtracked on certain things. The fact that J.J. Abrams is now on board maybe said, hey, you know, we need this. Like this, like think about it. Like he, they probably talked about this for for days on end, you know. And it's possible that maybe she will maybe still be in this movie, but it well, would be a big step backwards. That's what I said backwards. last week, right? Like I said, like maybe I'm I'm hoping that JJ was able to bend the rules a little bit on this, find some wiggle room, like not obviously CG her or recast, but to do something so that she's just not disposed of so quickly. I I don't know. That's my hope, my my scaled back hope. But uh, Carlos, any any thought on that tangent? Yeah, the, the the one thing that stood out to me from that tangent was uh, the gravitas. <laughs> and, uh, Don't surpass the gravitas. <laughs> uh, no, I agree. I agree completely. I mean, when I agree, I make jokes. So, um, yeah, there's like just when you're describing the whole thing about Harley, uh, it's like, yeah, you know what? From the mouths of babes, you know what I mean? There's there's a certain uh, uh, purity and 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 innocence behind the thought of why not just have someone else? And we're the old crusty, curmudgeon-y, uh people who you know oh, I can't accept this, I can't accept that because you know uh, I don't know I'm entitled or who knows. You know what the thing is too. I think you'd probably even go back on these episodes and quote me as saying, "Oh no, but Carrie is Carrie and Carrie is Leia, and I don't think they can do it." and it it is a subject for debate, but now, you know, having some had some time to grieve and deal with it, and kind of have a different perspective on things and keep a bit of a cooler head, like I'm starting to think that yeah, I, you know, like who knows? Maybe this eventuality has changed. It, it's obviously changed the story, but and hopefully, you know, you can only hope that that's for the better. But in the same right. You want to go with the story that you had, and you, you want to do Leia's character justice. Now, now, touching upon what Matthew had said, like if they have written themselves into this corner where they are sticking with that plan, then they got to bite the bullet. No matter what they do, fandom, they can't win. It's it's already it's already done. They cannot win. Hopefully, JJ can loophole it, and I got my fingers crossed. But it's like a 3,720 chance to one. So uh, they got to bite the bullet, do it. And I, I like Aunt Vesuvi's answer. Like it establishes where they are at that time. It can it can establish a lot of things if there's a good chi- time jump or whatever. And I, I, I think they're going that direction, like a bit of a time jump the way after to rebuild everything. So, you know, it kind of makes sense, you know. You have it in the crawl, and then you start with that, and the gravitas of her death. <laughs> I don't know. It kind of, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. It really does make sense. Yeah. It, it, again, it's weird. Like, like I said, it, it, it's easy to d- dismiss. <clears throat> like I, I dismiss what my kids say every day. Like, pipe down, kid. But it, it, there's there's an honesty. There's a simple honesty to it that we'll just recast it. And tell the story, and they I, can even CG it now too. Uh, well, you could. I suppose you could. I mean, there's there's other things to consider there, but again, it's a, it's a fictional character at the end of the day, 
and you and it's a really important one for a lot of reasons and i feel like just abruptly ending it robs us and robs the franchise of a really great story like i i don't know for sure and it seems like a very slim thing to grasp onto at this point but i don't think we're going to get a better story than what was already planned and they'll say oh nothing was planned because they're all doing it on their own there had to be some sort of idea of where leia was going before carrie passed you think Trevorrow and the other dude had it had it locked down? They must have. They must have. Anyway. No nobody's gonna change their mind. I don't think many people are gonna change their minds anyway, but uh yeah, back to Matt's question. Like if, if they lead with Leia's funeral, like I, I I do hope they spend some time in that scene, a considerable, you know, seven to ten minutes and really hammer home. Leia's importance and let her let us feel her loss and her absence through the other characters in that scene and it's like that scene will end up having like two roles like paying tribute to Carrie Fisher and the Leia character while at the same time setting the stage for the rest of the film exactly that you know we currently know nothing about it but uh you know given this the clean slate that Ryan gave JJ Leia's death could could be a good way for the rebellion to, like, to spur the rebellion on in the fight. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's a, a gathering, a, gra- a gathering call. You know, like the ga- a galvanizing thing, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, like, so, so all the people that um, didn't answer the call when when the, re- the the rebellion were trapped on crate, nobody answered. I'd still like to talk about why nobody answered at some point, but um, once if these people hear that Leia has passed. Maybe they go, oh, God, she's gone. Like, we didn't help her when she needed us, and now she's gone. So we're going to have to rally for her. So that that could be an angle that they take, which sounds okay, I think. But, but I love what Aunt Vesuvi said. So hi there, Aunt Vesuvi. Uh, I, I like the idea of taking that funeral to New Alderaan, which is, I mean, it mm-hmm. is canon. It is a, a, a canonical place, so it's not like they'd be just creating this out of thin air. Like it'd be a fitting place for, for Leia. Like put a statue over there, a big hundred foot bronze statue of Leia, build a shrine to her, do what you have to do. And like, maybe you can even have like the, the, the family tomb there at the end of the, of episode nine. Like you could have Leia's Leia there, but there's also a little place for Han. And also you could also make some feel goods about Kylo where if, if Ray ends up defeating Kylo, she still has compassion enough for him to bury Kylo with her, with his family. And so that, you know, you could, you could make that all feel good there without having to do the silly redemption arc. Silly redemption arc. Silly redemption arc. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I I can't have, I'm not going to get things my way. Uh, And if a funeral for Leia is going to be included in the film, then I I think what Aunt Vesuvi said is is a brilliant idea to have it on, on New Alderaan. Anything else to add? I think we're good, man. I, I think like uh, it's a lose-lose again, man. No matter what they do, uh, JJ cannot win. Cannot. But um, <laughs> no, but uh, the one thing that that makes me kind of like not cringe, but because it would be too easy to have like, okay, we're all, everybody's gathered. It's a funeral. Oh look, the first order just jumped out of hyperspace and again. We 
we need to get out of here. Like, you know what I mean? So I don't know if we should start the movie. The movie. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if it should start with the funeral, but we have to know that it, it that it did happen or. Well, that's what, that's what we said last week, yeah. right? It's got to be they got to do do the Band-Aid method where it's get it over with. Just get it out of the way. Let us stop thinking. It's going to hang over us, right? Here we are. Like, again, this era of fans are our own worst enemy. Like, we're so fixated on this problem, whereas future generations won't care about this. It's just going to be part of the story. But we're going to just be waiting for them to deal with that. And if they put Leia's death in the middle act of the movie, are we going to pick anything up in the first act? Because we're just going to be thinking about Leia and how they deal with that. So I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. It's it, it really is tough. All right, Matt and Vesuvi, thanks for your contributions this week. Okay, Katie is back, back with her series of uh, favorite characters. So Katie writes this week, Hello, guys. This week I'm asking, what is your favorite Darth Vader moment? Now, re- remember, you can use the films, TV shows, books or comics, or games as reference. Mine has got to be that hallway scene from Rogue One. It is what I've always wanted to see Vader do for quite some time, and now we know he's a very powerful individual, but I feel I feel we don't really see him unleash his ferocious abilities until this film. That scene also came as a nice surprise because we all through the film was wrapping up, and then boom! In comes Vader, slaughtering a bunch of rebels. On, on the hand, though, it does make it make me feel a little sad also. Being a huge fan of the prequels and Anakin, it's also a little sad to see. At that point, Anakin was very much a part of the dark side, and there wasn't much light left in him at that point. Thanks, guys. So, Carlos, what is your favorite Vader scene? That one's uh, that one's pretty uh, pretty up there. I think me and Katie we've been on the same page uh, quite a lot recently, and um, I, I, of course, I was dying to have this scene. And um, oh yeah, yeah, I took. Uh, well, how can I explain this? Uh, I, I defended it <laughs> a, a lot. Um, but at the same time, we do see Vader. I mean, in the first five minutes of a new hope, he just literally just crushes a guy's neck by, by grabbing him and lifting him up in the air. And, uh, we also see him in, in, uh, an empire just uh, force choking the crap out of people. So yeah, was, for for a while, less was more with Vader. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But we we still needed that scene in Rogue One in that hallway, and uh, I, I'm I have to you know, I could you know do a Corey and give you sixteen <laughs> different other things that he did that was cool, <laughs> and come back to the front and say yeah, but I agree with Katie, uh, but I'm just gonna agree with Katie. I think that's my favorite. And uh, cheers, Katie. Corey? Uh, I'll get in here and say that I, I love that scene. And I love what they did with Vader. Um, Rebels kind of touches on it, too. If you want to blame anyone for not having seen Vader in that capacity prior, it's Dave Prowse. Like, the way Vader fights in Rebels, it's 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 an overpowering... Um, dominant stance it's not like he's su- like i don't know like i kind of look at it almost in like a video game style you know like when you have these power characters versus 
these like super agile characters and he he really like pulled it off in rogue one like it was a really cool way to look at him uh but i I gotta give a little props at least to the i am your father moment like come on the first time any one of us sees that and it's not been spoiled prior like it's like what so i think that's one of the greatest moments in movie history yeah totally um then i think i've said this here before but uh let me look on you with my own eyes yeah that's not vader that's yeah, true it's, it's a bit of a loophole and then it's, from the it's, record okay well i'll give you this one then it's not even from the films but uh twilight of the apprentice this is i guess maybe more of an ahsoka moment but just the those two together interacting so incredibly cool and he just says anakin skywalker was weak i destroyed him and then she's like i will avenge him like everything about that scene the music the animation uh, just totally all feels so carlos what you just said just came to pass because Corey listed off a bunch of scenes and <laughs> took mine yeah <laughs> Yeah, for uh, today, like these lists are always fluid, but for today it's it's Twilight, which almost seems blasphemous. How could you not take something from the films? Uh, yeah, I mean that for me is, is is just incredible. Like from his entrance, riding in on the top of his Tie Fighter, the whole battle with Ahsoka. Like again, seeing seeing Anakin under that mask, and yeah. the, the back and forth of James Earl Jones's voice and Matt Lanter's exactly like that the whole scene had me sucking wind by the end of it like it was oof, man and i don't want to lay any spoilers out there like now but that scene just you know even a little deeper now that we look at it yeah i i know you're just dying you're you can't dying continue, man you can't even it, the, the spoiler talk has to bubble back up like you can't suppress it it's it's a teaser <laughs> it's what we call a teaser it's out there there's more to it. Well, yeah, I, there's even a bunch of really cool moments from both volumes one and two of the Darth Vader comic. He he takes on like a whole rebel battalion. You know that that was that was pretty wild. That was Vader down, no? Correct. Uh, corrupting his kyber crystal, I think, in Vader issue five, volume two. That's an all-time great issue with with Vader. So yeah, big but, time. Really cool stuff. And Lords of the Sith, he pulls off some pretty cool stuff there as well. Like, Vader's all over the place. There's cool Vader moments everywhere. Probably, maybe more so than any other character. But yeah, I'm going with Twi- Twilight for now. Until further notice. But yes, Ro- the Rogue One wall- hallway scene is is right up there too. Yeah, it was so iconic. Like, that is iconic. Like, just in that movie, none of us none of us knew. It was really one of those things that was kept uh, secret. So we're like, when we saw that lightsaber light up, we we're like, oh, my God. I remember I remember uh, Kevin Smith freaking out over that without he wasn't spoiling anything, but he had seen the movie before spoiler, like while reviews were still embargoed. But he had kind of teased that just a little bit. And he was absolutely nuts about it. Seeing Vader in that way. And I, I, I totally get it. It was awesome. All right, so we got a question this week from Peter Ross, who, li- who says, listening to S- Tumbling Saber... Oh, sorry, guys. Katie. Of course, I'm, so- I'm being so rude. Katie, thank you very much. And now uh, looking KT. forward to next week. 
All right, so back to Peter. So he says, listening to Tumbling Saber the other day, talking about a Boba Fett movie. I don't want an origin story, but a movie with Fett would be good. He's a hired gun, goes where the money does. And we saw in Rogue One that the Rebellion has gotten their hands dirty. Could there could be a story there? Meaning some rogue elements in the Rebellion leadership could take to hiring him to do some, shall we say, questionable tasks. Maybe that's too far off the line, but just a thought. Corey, you want, you want to pick up on that? Yeah, I can kind of say that uh, Deadpool and Boba Fett are kind of like, they're anti-heroes, you know? Like, I can see that from Boba Fett, you know? Like, bad guy, but chaotic good in a way, you know? Um, I don't want to see an origin story. We, we've had it. We saw the prequels, first of all. And we've also had a good dose of him in the Clone Wars as well, which was interesting. Like, I'm glad we saw a bit of his adolescence and his rise. We know that he was trained by the best, man, like hanging around Cad Bane and uh, uh, who else is part of his crew? Aura Singh. Yeah, Aura Singh, yeah. Like, she took good care of well, kind of good care of him, I guess. She kind of screwed him over, but at the same time, she liked or loved him. I think Bosk was part of that group as well. Yeah, so it'd be it'd be nice to see how he became the top dog in that bounty hunting universe, you know, like hanging out with these guys, learning their tricks of the trade. We know again, we've touched on this repeatedly, but uh the showdown between himself and Cad Bane, which kind of indicates how he gets that like dent in his helmet. Um uh, <laughs> I don't know, like uh that there's a lot of good fodder there and I, I I could I could see it like I think it's almost inevitable at this point, and there's lots of potential to tell a fun and cool story there. Like I don't necessarily need it, but for damn sure I'm going to consume it for sure. And I, I think that they can make it again very fun, uh, possibly dark, you know, with the bounty hunter thing. Like let's find out why he's the best. Like why is Boba risen to the top of the ranks? Like I'm I'm down with that. You want to find out why he carries uh, Wookiee scalps on his shoulder? All kinds, man. Like, like, there's so many bounty hunters out there, and to, like we've seen again through Clone Wars, like uh, that episode, The Box. I don't know if you ever saw it, but it's like eleven of the the galaxy's best going into this like, like I don't know, like uh, American gladiators thing, kind of where like only the top five will survive, basically. And they're all down with doing it. They're like, yeah, I'm the best. Like, I'm in. I watched a movie called The Box once, but it was in Rebels. <laughs> and we'll <laughs> save that for Sith Disturbers. <laughs> uh, Car- Carlos, how do you feel about Boba Fett and getting his hands dirty with the Rebels? Uh, I don't mind. I'm I, Seriously, I'm at the point right now where there's so many potential uh or so much potential going forward with movies and with uh live action uh, who knows maybe some more um uh, animated stuff that i just want good stories if the story's good i'm not i'm not going to go out of my way to uh, you know uh, have a checklist uh my checklist is make it good yeah if it's That's yeah it if it's because yeah. yeah there's so much coming that it's just like fine whatever you're going to give me just make it good cuz Whatever is on my list, it's probably bound to get checked off at some point. So I, there's no list. Well, let's say this. If Boba Fett is not in the Han Solo film, I think it's a lock to say that he's going to have his own. 
Well, he, there was one. They had one going with Josh Trank before it got got shelved. So I, yeah, I remember it, it's still there. I mean, it's still obviously they still have it under lock and key. And I'm sure they still so, fully intend to go forward with it. It's it's a it's up on the shelf. <laughs> but I, I like the idea of him being a guy who follows the money, which is which is a very bounty hunter thing to do. So why couldn't he work for the rebels at some point? Like we we saw in Rogue One that the rebels are not quite as squeaky clean as maybe we we have thought. You know, Corey with with the mercy murder, mm-hmm. right? And we, we General Draven pulling Cassian Andor aside and saying, "Hey, this is not a rescue mission. You see him, you kill him." So there's there's some sketchiness there, and it like is it out of the realm of possibility to see General Draven or some other rebellion colonel or whatever going a hey. We need you to do a job. We can't do it. It looks too bad on us if we do it. But here's a few credits. Need you to take care of this guy. Like that's not that's not crazy, right? Especially if it's a I'll work for whoever pays me type thing. For sure, and and it makes Boba Fett look that much cooler and better too. Like people are probably wondering all the time, like why do we love this guy so much? And for him to have that like Deadpool role, where I don't know, he's just that the the antihero, you know, like he. At a point, I could see him because you could see as a kid that even in the Clone Wars, you kind of see that he's torn. Like he kind of wants to be good, but uh, he's having a he's having a hard time learning the bad. So once he becomes his own man, he can make his own decisions. And yeah, like you said, follow the money. And there might be certain cases that he gets more attached to than others. Well, it, what it does though, if you do get him on the side of the rebellion. You're pulling off a job for them, especially if it's if, if it's against the Empire, that sort of seeds Fett as a rootable guy, someone who you can actually get behind if they ever do, which they will, I'm sure it's inevitable, if they ever do the Boba Fett standalone, you go into that <clears throat> ready to be in his corner. So you, like, if they frame him as the anti-hero who's done deeds for the rebels that were for the greater good... That, that you know, that's done at that point. You get it. You you can get behind Boba Fett because you know that he's willing to do whatever. But he's 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 taken out pieces of the Empire just because he's paid to. So he's you know, at this point now we we just see him as the guy who's captured Han Solo and and only done bad things. But you can frame this, it as like, as him doing good things too. You just kind of put this in my head, Kyle. Like, what if you know we have no context like all we it's easy to assume and i mean all signs point to that but han solo boba fett boba fett like who knows like maybe he helped han at one point instead of being a bad guy you know what i mean like han could just be like what do you, what do you mean boba fett's here like that was the dude that helped us like all those years ago yeah imagine retconning that moment where <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they could do that now. I think there's too much material that would reinforce the fact that they're adversaries. But imagine if if Han's mind at that point, like Chewie's telling him, "Hey, Boba Fett's here." And he's like, "My buddy Boba Fett," and then rockets him into this into the Sarlacc. You killed your friend, Han. <laughs> that would make a ridiculous sequence, or even more silly. That would definitely be silly. <laughs> and but I don't know. I think I'd laugh. Uh, I might cry. Carlos, any any final thoughts on that one? 
Not really, man. Uh, like I said, uh, just make it good, guys. Please. Make it that's, good. That's that's what I want. All right, Peter. There you go. And guys, uh, check out Peter. Uh, he's got this app called uh, Saber This. S-A-B-R-E This. Uh, it's for iOS devices, and it adds sort of a lightsaber effect to your photos, which is kind of cool. Uh, so, it, again, it's it's only for iOS devices, so if you're Android like me, you're kind of SOL. But you can check that out, I suppose, on the iOS store. I'm going to put a, pop a link to it in the Facebook group, the Tumbling Saber Facebook group. So, Peter, if you want to come join us on the Facebook uh, closed group, if you're, if you're on Facebook, that is, come uh, g- give us a, a request and we'll, we'll approve you, and you can come plug your app there. And there's a cool bent to this as well, uh, where if their goal is to get enough downloads so they can donate a thousand dollars to sick kids hospitals by May the fourth. So that that there there is no better goal than helping sick kids. So um, spread the word. You can go check out their app, and uh, there you go. Saber this. And Peter, thank you for the question this week. Hope to, hope to hear from you again soon. And lastly, it's the Metal Mando. He's got another cool set of questions this week, so let's listen in to Jeff. Hey guys, what's up? Jeff here again from sunny Fort Myers, Florida. My memory for this week, I'm going to change it up drastically because this one is going to be within the last 24 hours. Me and my wife have purchased The uh, Last Jedi digitally when it first came out, and uh, we watched for the third time as of last night, and we had a few questions for you guys. Because we're a little, uh, I don't know, confused maybe about what's going on in a few things. And maybe you could help us out here. Um, the preface is we also purchased the Left Jedi novelization on Audible. Listen to a maybe we're an hour and a half in. So a lot of these questions might be answered in that. And maybe we haven't got that far. But maybe you can help us answer these. So my first question is... This whole um, light speed versus hyperspace travel thing going on in this movie. Light speed is mentioned a lot. I don't think, as far as I can remember, hyperspace was ever mentioned. So what do you think is going on with that? Is this like a different just um, kind of, uh, you know, jargon or whatever type of uh, meaning Ryan Johnson wanted to go with instead of hyperspace? Or do you think... There was no hyperspace available, no hyperspace routes, if you will. And, uh, I mean, what do you think about all that? And uh, the second one is, when Leia, when Ky- well, actually, when Kylo Ren is about to blast Leia's ship, and he, he does not, but the two TIE fighters accompanying him do, she senses that blast coming in, and she takes that last... <gasps> deep breath so what do you think is that the deep breath being her power from the force that that deep breath I'm going to call it my wife did not want me to say this but the force breath that one that just kept her alive out in space that one last gasp breath and it just uh, we, we, we noticed that and what do you guys think about that you think that is what Kind of kept her alive out there, and uh, until she, you know, force pulls herself back into the ship. Just uh, that's you know that's something we were wondering about. And the third one is um, the broom boy. 
and I don't like calling him that, but hey, that's a guess what everybody in the fandom is called him the broom boy. In the stable, the first time we see him, when he's about to push that button, and uh, Rose kind of displays the symbol of the, you know, the Rebel Alliance, uh, whatever you want to call that at the time, and he, he doesn't push the button, and he looks up at that Fadier almost as if he is using his force abilities to tell that Fadier you are going to take Rose and Finn to safety, and you are going to be a part of what saves all of this. And uh, so, because that's, we looked at it, that's the Fadier that they actually get on and ride out. So what do you guys think? Did he actually use a force right there for the first time and we didn't notice it? Because everybody noticed it at the end when he pulled force pulled that broom towards him, but... We're just thinking that maybe he might have influenced that Fadier with the forest kind of, you know, you know how Ezra is kind of connected with animals and whatnot, you know. So just just a thought. But, hey, me and my wife would love to hear what you guys' thoughts are on these three topics. And, hey, I'm the Metal Mando, and I'm out of here for this week, guys. Can't wait to talk to you next week. All right, Jeff. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Metal Mando. And guys, don't don't freak out. But Jeff has already written me a side email apologizing for his pronunciation of Fathiers. Fathiers. <laughs> so that is all cleared up. It's all like if you call it Fathiers, you would almost give yourself away as as a Quebecois like us. Yeah, you're you're surpassing yourself. Enough with that. It's Fathiers. Fathiers. We got it. Jeff gets it. We all get it. Um, but Jeff, three times on digital already. Like that's 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 a lot of heavy lifting there, as well as the audiobook, the novelization. Like I'm not sure how much we can help you. Like you're you're all like neck deep in this. So uh, we'll do our best. But I want to start with uh, Jeff's last question first. So uh, did Broom Boy use the Force to influence the Father to take Finn and Rose to safety? <clears throat> And I, I want to start there because I think it's it's really, really interesting and something I hadn't considered before. But there very well could be something to it. Because we've seen Force users have an ability to communicate with animals. Like Anakin with the Reek in Attack of the Clones. And Ezra's did it a bunch in Rebels. No need to get into specifics, Corey. I'll just say a bunch. It happened a bunch of times in Rebels. Uh, so I like the idea of Broomboy, whose whose name is Tamiri Blag, which is a terrible name, but that is his name. Uh, I like that he had that ability, and it's interesting to think that maybe, you know, once Rose, that air quotes useless character Rose, uh, showed that t- uh, Tamiri Broomboy an act of kindness by saying, "Oh, we're on your team. Like, here's the rebellion symbol. Like, it's all good. Don't 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 rat us out." That that boy, like, she bought his loyalty in that moment. And so maybe it's not out of the realm of possibility that he would maybe use the Force to say, hey, take these take these two out of here. get them, Take them to safety. Instead of just randomly jumping on the father and it does it by itself. Now, what do you guys think about that? Um... I don't think that that's that's what he did. He may have used the Force to maybe calm the creature at first, but 
like how do you make a dog horse like how do you tell it to go and take them to safety like there's a reason why they had the saddle on and and uh, and the reins uh, like she was controlling them uh, a little bit so stop enjoying this stop enjoying this that was awesome but uh <laughs> uh yeah so I, maybe he maybe he settles the nerves down uh because he was on edge as well uh when they first first uh when they first meet and that, so that, that I, is what anakin I, yeah. does with the reek in attack of the clones right he he all he does is really calm it down yeah exactly yeah so I, I'm, I'm that's in my mind what he's doing is he just maybe calm down the creature but whatever happens after is just um you know maybe his own instinct or being led away by rose who's actually in the Steering jockey the position yeah yeah, I I would still think that's more likely that it, Rose is steering the beast or it's random happenstance. But I I I think it's interesting. I mean, I'll I'll, I'll check that out next time I watch it and see if there's any type of clue to that. I, I'd be curious to see if that happened in the novelization either, because I, I I would think that it would be hit on a little harder there. Uh, but we'll see, Corey. What do you think? Well, I have kind of the same thing written as you is in the sense that like Ezra being prime example, a uh, huge re- relationship. Now, again, I, I have no we have no indication that the boy even knows that he has the force. It's just innate within him. Even when he picks up the broom, it's just a natural ability to him. Like, I don't think he's aware yet, but he has obviously formed some kind of relationship with the father. So, yes. Uh, let's put it this way. Like I have a dog. I love my dog. Dog knows me, man. I know the dog. Like when I'm not well or whatever it is, like he knows, like animals have this, like Carlos said, an instinct. There's this instinctual thing going on. So seeing as how he has this prior bond with them, he could be subconsciously uh, relaying his message through the force, not necessarily willingly, but his feelings are being transmitted almost to the fall of the year in the sense that not saying, okay, move these people here, but to know that this is what's right. And this is what needs to kind of be done in a way. Yeah. Like their friends help them. Yeah. Like their friends help them. That's it. They're good people. Like escape, like they'll help you get out of here. Like they, it's like an understanding on a different level. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have to be able to communicate obviously not with language but with uh, with emotion or uh sentiment rather than and it's pure too orders. again because that's it because he, he has no control over that right like he just has this pure innocent relationship with them and they're kind of almost like all he's got you know but yeah. once again like what carlos said like once i think once finn and uh rose are in control it's a bit of a different story but just to get them all uh, into it, I think there's that connection between them. Like, it makes perfect sense to me now that you actually broke that down for us. Yeah, I, I really do like that, Jeff. That's that's a pretty cool suggestion. I don't know if it's if it's true. I don't know if we'll ever get that answer, but it, it is interesting to think about. It, it it wouldn't be unprecedented in Star Wars, which is why I think it's really interesting that maybe they brought that back. All right, uh, next, light speed versus hyperspace, and I. I don't know about you guys, but I, I always thought that 
it was they're interchangeable words. Yeah, I think so too. Corey? Yeah, I'm kind of, they are, they are, unfortunately, but uh, I've said it before in the past where I, I hope they veer more toward hyperspace because light speed just ain't going to cut it. Why not? When Han Solo says she'll do. Point I'm talking about, like, like a, as from, I'm talking about like from a picky standpoint, when you look at light speed, like you're not going nowhere fast. No, it's, look, this is the thing about light speed. Okay. The speed of light is uh, a universal con- is constant, so it's E equals mc squared. And um, whether you call it hyperspace or light speed, Wait, it's is, the is same thing. Light speed, speed of light is E equals mc squared. Isn't that like a different thing? No. So E equals <laughs> the, the the theory of relativity. Okay, is energy is equal to the mass times the speed of light squared. All right. So it's it, it's it's a universal concept, right? So when uh, you say that, uh, how long does it take light to travel from this source to this point? That's light speed. If, if for that's the, it, like it's it takes eight minutes so, from long. our sun, it's eight exactly. minutes from the sun to here, right? Yep. So if you're traveling at the speed of light, it's eight minutes. Um, that's that's a, a universal concept. So uh, if he travels it's like 26 point years five, to the next star. Yeah, okay. We're talking Star Wars now, but I just like... That's it. Light speed. Like, that's why I'm saying hyperspace kind of like makes it a little more ambiguous, you know? Yeah, but it, I think it's just, it's the same concept. It's like lightsabers and laser swords. It's, uh, it's, the, it's the same thing. I think they're interchangeable and uh, there's no... Um, yeah, I, I don't think we need to well, read when you put much a measurement on it, man. Like when he's like, "Oh, she'll travel 0.5 past light speed," you know, it's like, "Okay, well, well you're still really faster than light speed." Yes, yes, like, that's warp, right? So what you would call in Star Trek warp speed? Well, whatever. Like light speed, it's fast, but again, like you're not going anywhere fast. Like you'll never, you'll travel again. The closest star, 26 years at light speed. You know what I mean? You have to be traveling at like hyperspace to get there i don't know like <laughs> just say ludicrous speed yeah exactly like something the wormholes whatever it is like just the light speed just puts it too close to home hmm. yeah i i'm 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 just saying that it's interchangeable but, but cory so the the sun is obviously the closest star to us but uh, we have, after that is Alpha Centauri A and Alpha Centauri B. They are an average of four point three light years from Earth. Really? Yeah, I thought it was Vega, isn't? It? <laughs> no, it's Alpha Centauri. But anyways, <laughs> it, it's uh, <laughs> the, the the whole point is not whether uh, you know if you're going past light speeds uh, to the, the degrees like uh, Han says point five. Uh, what is that like? One hundred and fifty percent over. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. It's just I, I think the, they're they're interchangeable, and there's no real science behind it. Uh, speed of plot. Yeah, speed of plot. So, yeah, I, I don't think uh, there was a you know a misnomer in 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 the movie at all, or it's just the way they describe things. Like I, like 
like I said earlier with the lightsaber and the laser sword, same thing. I agree. And then lastly, uh, Leia's deep breath before the Radis is hit and she's sucked out into space. You kind of see her, I don't, I don't know that I, I ever really noticed her taking in a big deep breath, but you kind of see her brace for it. Yeah, no, I did. She she was feeling it. And, is uh, there she a def- breath? Yeah, there definitely is. Okay. Yeah. So is that, so, is that the thing that saved her? Uh, it didn't. It, it didn't hurt. <laughs> it doesn't have to be because she's a Jedi, so or not a Jedi, but she's Force sensitive. So I don't know if that necessarily saved her. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, I think it's more of an indication to the audience that like, when she takes that breath, it's really more of a bracing herself. Yeah, she's preparing herself in other ways that she yes. may actually have to draw upon other uh, powers or abilities or skills to, to but she definitely needs oxygen oxygen to do that like i think that that's she saw it coming she you know she, i think she knew kylo didn't do it but she was like it's inevitable it's happening so take that breath and gather those last inner resources to kind of make your last uh attempt to to live like she needed that oxygen like i think it's clear to me that you know she took it and saying like oh my god this is happening like this is all I can do at this moment. Yeah, there was no getting away, that's for sure. It was just brace yourself, suck it up, and hope for the best. All right, so I guess we're kind of in agreement there. That's, yeah, the the breath didn't hurt. I don't think it's necessarily the thing that saved her, but uh, yeah, it, it didn't hurt. All right, so thanks, uh, Metal Mando. Hope everything is going well in sunny Florida. You notice how when Jeff addresses the Tumbling Saber show, he calls it Florida, but on Sith Disturbers, he goes Florida. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's it, guys. Not bad. Not too bad at all. So before we we jump out of here, uh, let's uh, let's, let's plug our Twitter handles. Corey. Well, you know you can find me at Chop Rules with a Z. Excellent. Carlos? Chop rolls. Anyways, uh, for me, I'm at C Candido Music. That's on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, find me on Facebook at Carlos Candido Music, CarlosCandidoMusic.com, YouTube slash user slash Carlos Candido Music. That's where you find me. And some little details coming out soon for Patreon. New Patreon campaign that's going to uh, start. Uh, just look out for that in the next couple of weeks. Super cool. And you can find me, of course, at Tumbling Saber on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Come say hi to us and uh, follow along. I tend to follow back any Star Wars fans as long as you're not a uh, one of those weird save bring back Legends people or one of those weird, even weirder Disney has ruined Star Wars people. Uh, and also, you can find us on Patreon, of course, where you can uh, sign up for just a couple dollars per month and get access to uh, the exclusive Sith Disturbers podcast and early access to a bunch of other podcasts like Worthy of Recognition, which will be coming to your powerful friend podcast feed this week. And it also gets you into the draw, our monthly draws this week. Is, again, as I mentioned earlier off the top of the show, Jaina Solo, Black Series 6-inch. So get over there. Head over to patreon.com slash tumblingsaber 
get some get some exclusive podcasts and contest entries and help us out as we uh, move along this podcasting journey. The money, get some. Yeah, get some. And the, you know, the money that we collect, most of it goes right back out to the powerful friends. But uh, eventually we'd like to be able to do some equipment upgrades and, and whatnot. And, uh, you know, that that's, that's where all that Patreon money goes to. And aside from that, if you're looking for more podcasts for your feed, uh, you got to go to StarWarsCommonwealth.com. Check out all the shows there. We have nine of them now. I'm not going to list them all, so it, but it is incumbent upon you. Do yourself a, that favor. Go to Star Wars Com- StarWarsCommonwealth.com. Check out all the podcasts there. I promise you, they're all really good, really unique shows. And uh, you'll thank me later. So that is it. Again, thank you so much for listening. Have yourselves a great week, and we'll talk later. Watching you walking away from me Were you watching?